Reverend Kim said this in last week's sermon. Uh, he said, hope produces dreams, and we live on dreams. And these dreams keep us going. We live on dreams, and these dreams keep us going. You know, dreams give us vision. They make us come alive. They spark our imaginations. And dreams give life purpose and excitement. The story of God's people begins with Abraham, who heard a call and had a dream of going to a place that God would show. He picked up, left everything that he knew, and went off with only a dream. Martin Luther King Jr. galvanized the country with this famous, I have a dream speech. It lifted people's spirits and imaginations of what kind of world was possible. We live on dreams, and dreams keep us going. In the world we live in, however, the dream very often becomes a nightmare. The world can kill our dreams. Abraham's grandson, Joseph, was great-grandson, I guess. Joseph was Jacob's favorite son. One day, Jacob sent Joseph to look for his brothers. When the brothers saw him coming, they said this to one another. Here comes this dreamer. Come now. Let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. You know, uh, some stories I heard about my dad. Uh, when he was a kid, he loved animals when he was a boy. You know, and he raised like little chickens and other small livestock. And one time, apparently, when a little chick died, my dad carried it inside like, with tears and crying. I mean, he never told me this himself, all these. This is all secondhand from relatives. He loved the land, and his dream was one day to own a large plot of land where he could grow things and raise animals on it. And this dream led him to study horticulture at university. But that dream was quickly shattered when he realized that there's no land for a poor refugee from North Korea who had no dad, there was no land for one who had no connections or inherited wealth. His dream died with the harsh reality of the world that he lived in. That whole generation had so many tragic experiences. Survival was the only thing they could really aspire to. But they still had some dreams and they brought those dreams here to Canada. They brought their hopes to a society in which race and culture would severely limit, curtail, and even kill their dreams. The American dream that they had envisioned in Korea growing up was quite often, they would realize, a nightmare for people of color. Indeed, Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream seemed to become a nightmare. Days after that lofty speech, 
A bomb ripped through a black church in Birmingham, taking the lives of four young girls. And King himself spent his last few years of his life in the wilderness. You know, his critique of racism, poverty, and war created a lot of enemies. And his philosophy of nonviolence was increasingly rejected by younger and more militant young people who had experienced so much hatred in the inner cities. He was depressed for the last year of his life as he saw that the soul of America was perhaps too sick to be healed. And his own dream ended when he was assassinated at the young age of 39. Our own society's views toward visible minorities limited our parents' and grandparents' dreams. They had no choice but to run convenience stores and other businesses filled with hours of hard labor. We saw them toil. We saw how they were treated by customers. We remember how we felt and seeing how they were treated. I mean, for many of you, being a visible minority, being an Asian affected many of you. Being overlooked, ignored, ridiculed, belittled, or underestimated. All of these little experiences and encounters have slowly chipped away at our ability to dream. Began to chip away at our own sense of inherent value and worth. All that we had left to fuel us was adapting to and surviving in this world and on the terms given to us by this world. Many of us lost our ability to dream, to dream of a different world, a better world. And indeed, many of us have adapted and survived and even thrived according to the terms given by the world. And through that, many of you have enjoyed the kind of security and stability that our parents never had. We've learned to enjoy the day-to-day -day blessings that we have and appreciate what we have. And that's why you love your children and take care of your families and we're grateful for these day-to-day -day things. But my sense is that buried underneath the surface of everyday blessings lies broken and shattered dreams. Underneath the surface lies disappointment, unresolved hurts, untended wounds. Over time, we have left it all underneath and tried to move on, enjoying the day-to-day -day life. But the result is that we have lost our ability to dream. The world kills our dreams. The dreams of fathers are a powerful thing. They have a way of shaping the flow, narrative, and outlook of a child's life. Our God the Father had a dream for his son, Jesus. And this is the dream that Jesus had from God in the Gospel of Luke. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This dream propelled Jesus in his life and in his ministry. But this dream led him to the cross. Our experiences in the world teach us to fear dreams and fear, whether it's our own or that of others, crushes our dreams. And this fear crushed the dreams of Jesus. His ministry, full of the power of the Spirit, evoked too much fear in the hearts of his enemies. His ministry of healing undermined the authority of the powers that be and threatened the stability of the system they benefited from. Those dreams were killed on the cross. The cross is the place where our dreams are shattered, destroyed, and killed. At the cross, the power of the world expresses its triumph over our feeble little dreams. And the cross, in reality, is often the end destination of our dreams, and we let them die there. You know, the prophet Jeremiah from today's passage began his life with the great dream. God gave him the dream to be a prophet to the nations and to speak God's words. And when Jeremiah expressed fear at the very beginning, saying that he's only a boy, this is how God responded. Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you. What a wonderful experience that must have been to be infused with this dream. But his dream became a nightmare. He developed enemies all around People were waiting for him to fail, to stumble, and his enemies tried to kill him. By today's passage, he is at his wit's end and in the depths of despair. And this is what he says. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. That dream he had of speaking God's words had actually become his worst nightmare. He was at his cross. But then Jeremiah says this, If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, then Within me, there is something like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. My friends, at the core of our faith is the belief that our dream can never fully die. As long as we are human beings, God's glorious creation, that dream in us can never fully die. It might be crushed or shattered or shut up in our bones. But here is what God does. God takes the broken pieces, the shattered fragments of our dreams, and then carefully sews them back 
together. God restores and makes whole the dreams that fuel our souls. My friends, holding our dreams in is so tiring. It leaves us weary. And that's why we have no passion in our lives. We hold our dreams in. We let the broken pieces of our dreams just lie strewn about in our souls, covered up by our everyday life. Do you feel like your dreams have been lost? Search deep within. Find just one fragment of it. And then you have found God's grace. That is what God's grace is. Finding that one fragment of our dreams, which God then takes and nurtures and restores back to life. That is grace. Faith is about finding this fragment of grace in this ungracious world we live in. That fragment is the hidden treasure that is more precious than anything else we can find or accumulate. So there's no task more important than to find those fragments of dreams that are shut up in our bones. God, our Father, has a dream for this world. It is to restore this world and all its inhabitants to wholeness. And God showed us that the death of our dreams is not the final answer. God has given us the power of resurrection. God's power of resurrection revives the dreams that fuel our souls. God's dream is more powerful than the world that kills dreams. Do you believe this? I mean, I understand it's so hard to believe that in the world that we live in. But Jesus said that all that we need is faith the size of a tiny little mustard seed. We just need to find that fragment of our dreams for God's grace to then become activated in us. And now, our Father's dreams live on in us, the body of Christ. We embody God's dreams for this world. To all, to all the amazing dads and parents in our midst, our dreams are powerful. They shape our children. If we lose our ability to dream, we deprive our children of the ability to dream as well. So in addition to loving them and providing for them, we must take the journey of finding the broken fragments of our dreams. By the time Deb and I had a Junie, he's like less than a year old, my dream and desire of serving this world through ministry was starting to burn up like a fire in my bones. But fear was stopping me, it was paralyzing me. But what finally pushed me to take the plunge was when I looked at him, this little child of mine, and thought about what kind of dad I wanted him to see growing up. Do I want him to see a dad who played it safe by letting fear have the best of him? 
Or did I want him to see a dad who dared to dream and act on it, even if it brings about failure and hardship? I felt that I owed it to him to show what living by faith really looked like. We all want our children to be passionate about what they do, to find, discover them, their dreams. But passion comes from dreams. Dreams for a better world and dreams about how they might be a part of building this better world. That is what fuels dreams and passion. Let us all dream and give our children the gift of dreaming. God is our refuge. God will protect our dreams with the power of his grace. The prophet Joel had this vision. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. I pray that we may reclaim the dreams that God has given to each of us. Search with all your heart for these fragments of your dreams. Don't hold them in or cover them up. God will help you discover and rediscover these fragments and lovingly bind them back together again.